0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Tony Katz. sits Kendall and Casey. they Amber and Nigel show. All right, well, when does your show start? Do we know? I feel like I've been promoting this for nine years now. This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIPC. Every single bit of Democrat policy has backfired. Every single smidgen of it is completely blowing up in Democrats' faces. Good evening, I'm Tony Kinnett. This is the Tony Kinnett cast on 93 WIBC out of Indianapolis, and it is got to be one of just the worst weeks for Democrats, despite what at least some are saying are initially kind of perceived victories. And that's just really not the case. So the economy may be rough. And, And again, everyone who doesn't have their head three feet under the ground covered in mud and cement knows that the economy is not super duper right now. They're kind of these illusory paper profits in the stock market. Everywhere else, inflation is hitting Americans very, very hard. The supply chain has still not been fixed, and there's a big mess. And of course, foreign policy may be pretty weak. China has uh, begun uh, major naval operations, and also, uh, again, its cyber attack against the United States has been ramping up over the last couple of weeks, right after President Biden said foreign policy was fine everything was totally okay no need to look at the man behind the curtain but the border will truly be the final nail in biden's coffin Uh, really the border has gotten so atrocious uh, that everyone even all the way into rural indiana is feeling the impact of this so A lot of you don't really understand just how bad it currently is. There are Democrat politicians right now, some Democrat representatives like Ted Lieu, for instance, who have described the border situation as uh, uh, could be a lot worse. After all, we're not even hitting the point uh, in which the Wall Street Journal reported the uh, border was overloaded in 2019 with with 76,000 people per month. Only it's a lot worse than that. It's way, way, way worse than that. Our best estimates right now uh, from left and right leaning sources, is that we are approaching 300,000 people over the border into the United States in December alone. And in September, we had close to 297,000 people. We are hitting numbers that the United States has never hit before in immigration uh, into the United States illegally per year. And again, those are just our best estimates because you have situations in which people are being caught and released without even being processed. I mean, th- there are situations that are now coming out from Border Patrol in which they are, are temporarily kind of holding people up like a traffic stop and then letting them go without even taking uh, a perceived name. And in cases where they are taking names, you have situations like Fox reported today in which a Colombian woman who crossed illegally into the United States was released and her check in date with immigration is in 2031. So if you come to the United States right now, you're being caught and released and no one's even going to start looking for you until the next decade. Six, seven, eight years into the future, that's the plan? That's what Biden thinks is going to win over Americans? It's not even winning over Democrats in the big cities. Because Governor Abbott, after he signed legislation which gives Texas uh, local authorities the ability to round up illegal immigrants, which was not something that they could do before. Texas law enforcement before kind of had to wait and report things immediately to ICE, had to report things to Border Patrol. Now Greg Abbott's getting the Texas Rangers and everybody else involved and saying, go get them. Because they're putting them on flights to places like Chicago and New York, where they were supposed to be the sanctuary cities for these poor, troubled migrants. After all, the migrants were just uh, pregnant women and ancient old men who had nothing but goodwill and baskets of hope and love. Uh, Definitely not Chinese nationalists and suspected Iranian terrorists like some of the individuals that Border Patrol has been catching sneaking through the southern border. But large masses of these migrants are being shipped to Chicago and New York, Which is great. And the reason it's great is because it is showing individuals who like to preen and posture about how wonderful it truly is to have as many migrants come to the area as possible. All of a sudden, uh, when the migrants get there, their house is closed. The doors are locked. All of a sudden, you don't want a homeless and migrant camp next to uh, your place of business. And right at the same time that the international news media is trying to condemn Donald Trump for saying that uh, illegal migrants poison the blood of the country and of the economy and of just about everything else, geez, it it really does seem to appear uh, that that strategy is not working. You have the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, going to Washington to protest to protest and Again, Mayorkas is doing absolutely nothing. Biden is doing even less. And now you even have Democrat representatives and senators saying that we have reached a crisis point. Senator Deb Fischer of Nebraska uh, officially used the word crisis to describe the border today, which, again, you kind of might think is a little bit weird. Why would a bunch of people in rural America who aren't particularly border states care about the migrant crisis? Well, allow me to tell you a little bit of a secret as to how uh, population flow works in the United States. And and by letting you in on a secret, I mean, here's the common sense that everyone understands. You bring a lot of migrants into a place like uh, Chicago or Indianapolis or another large city. And then these migrants, uh, because of the problems that they bring with them uh, and the the messes that people are expected to live around and clean up, those people then move to the suburb cities around, the, the donut cities. Of those areas if you will and then the standard of living in the donut cities goes down and politics change and things get a little gross so those people move to the regional cities and towns and then the people in the regional cities and towns end up moving into the rural areas and so what you get is this very weird kind of mysian shift where you have counties in indiana that are experiencing people flooding into the area and and skyrocketing prices and again changing the local voting policies And procedures, and not to mention the legislation, all because we have no idea the amount of damage that has been done to the United States through inner city Democrat policy and pro migrant open immigration. You have situations in which even the Democrat governors down in places like New Mexico are having to step in and change things because it has become an untenable mess. And it will continue to be an untenable mess, whether we actually have the the wall up or not at this point, because you have to do something with the people that are in the country. And it turns out that the the pregnant women and old men that are supposed to be making up the migrants are actually uh, drug trafficking and uh, sex trafficking victims who we don't have the room to house, to hold or 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 even to, to begin to rescue the large number of children that have been trafficked into this country and 20 to 30 year old men who should be fixing their own country and are not accompanying wives and mothers and and daughters into the country. They are here uh, to do things like beg and to commit insane amounts of crime, you know, like the migrants are doing over in Europe as well. And this brings kind of an interesting problem to the Democrats because they could be focusing on this and saying, well, it's actually the Republicans that aren't doing anything. But the Democrats are too worried about trying to throw Trump off the ballot in Colorado. You have, uh, again, Ted Lieu uh, bragging about how this is a wonderful thing. And actually, if the Supreme Court affirms this, it will open the door for anyone in any state to just toss a president uh, in the Republican Party off of the ballot. And uh, again, I have brought this up time and time again. We'll be talking about this shortly. Uh, This brings to mind that classic quote from 2013 when the Democrats started changing precedent to fit immediate political goals Cocaine Mitch said say to my friends on the other side of the aisle, you'll
2: regret this and you may regret it a lot sooner than you think.
1: And this is where we are up next. We're going to be talking to a teacher in California who is suing uh, Glendale Unified School District because he had the gall to speak out against transgenderism. And you are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 W.I.B.C.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: This is the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC. Hello and welcome back to the Tony Kinnett Cast on 93 WIBC joined by Ray Shelton uh back in June uh, he was uh, suspended from his school district because uh he disagreed with the horrible crime of transgenderism i know just just the absolute worst and uh since then there have been a few developments on that front all right ray so the last time we spoke uh you were a 5th grade teacher in Glendale California you were placed on leave after complaining at a school board meeting Uh, that your school, at least your former school, promotes transgenderism. And before we get to the really big stuff and talk about this lawsuit, could you give us kind of a, a, kind of take us back in time and tell us what happened initially that brought this whole thing about?
2: Well, it's good to see you and thank you for having me. Last year, what the school district began to do is aggressively promote transgender ideology. And a number of parents came to me concerned and wanted to get more information because the school district was uh, gaslighting them. And uh, for example, here here's a good example of one of the things that they did. They began to place a, a set of donated books from a transgender nonprofit into each of the Glendale Elementary School libraries. For example, here's one. This is a book titled, They, She, He, and Me. And this is a book that is meant for kindergarten or first grade. And it really is just a list of pronouns associated with various pictures. So, it's meant to teach kindergarten children that they can change their gender. And there were very, various other books to be placed at each grade level. And parents were not informed of this. And this was precisely at the time that they were removing these books from our school libraries. Very quietly, This sc- the California...
1: Oh, you got to watch those those dr seuss books are dangerous you know
2: so the district very quietly removed the dr seuss books and placed the pro the pro transgender ideology books and i didn't particularly have a problem with that the real issue was not being transparent with parents because this is a public institution Mm -hmm. and should respond to the public but in any case Parents came to me and asked me to do some research and approach the school board and ask some questions. So I went down to the school board and I thought I would have 5 minutes to discuss issues and they only gave me 60 seconds. So I just quickly came just quickly decided that what I would do is just lists some biological facts. So, I actually didn't argue against. There was no. I didn't make an argument against anything. I just said two plus two is four. There are two genders in in, in human biology. Genders can't be changed. Heterosexuality is the norm, and then a, a few more other things uh, that I thought.
1: Hold 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 on. Hold on a second here. You you say. Uh... You say heterosexuality is the norm. Um, I, I've seen a lot of articles portraying you as some kind of evil uh, white Christian nationalist. Um, I, I, I don't think, though, that that kind of fits. Could, could you tell us why perhaps that's uh, not the case?
2: Well, two things. First, I am I am a gay American. I don't think that's particularly important to myself, but many other people believe that's important. Uh, and i'm you know as an older gentleman i'm very familiar with the early gay rights movement which was just asking for privacy and equal rights and that was that was solved and ended uh, quite a long time ago and homosexuality has nothing to do with transgenderism there really is just you know the the, the alphabet people the lgbtq and so on after the L and the G, everything else is basically just really disturbed um, people. It has nothing to do with, with being gay. It's just another leftist, leftist tactic to use subgroups to attack people. And heterosexuality is the norm. But right. you know, at,
1: at, at this point, uh, someone in, on the board muted your microphone. And then uh, a board member informed you that your time was up. Applause broke out from the audience. And uh, then uh, this is interesting. So a fellow teacher, Alicia Harris, filed a formal complaint against you. Um, in April, saying that you were showing off a swastika, and the reason that's important is because there was this big Media Matters article that I saw where it says swastika toting teacher <laughs> went on Fox News, and uh, the actual swastika that was on display here was an arrangement of four progress flags, uh, Pride Progress flags, so that the the canton of the Black Lives Matter and the transgender part of the progress flag makes a swastika. And I correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe that your point here was not to flatter Nazis and promote swastikas, but was to point out kind of the the statist, fascist, authoritarian ideology that the the progress and pride movement currently embodies.
2: Yes. What is very interesting about the left is I also had a book titled Mouse, M-A-U-S, with me. And this is a anti-Nazi defense of the Hebrew people. And it has a swastika on the cover. So, the fact that a book has a swastika or something that looks like a swastika does not mean that you are pro-Nazi. You it, it can easily, and in my case, it did mean that I was anti-Nazi. So the, materials right. I, so, the materials that I had with me were to be used in the five minutes that I thought I had. However, the left will, will lie, cheat, and steal to try to destroy their opponents. So, my point was that the transgender ideology shares particular beliefs with Nazism, for example... Both of them have a false view, uh, excuse me, a false view of human biology. Both are authoritarian <clears throat> and both seek to crush dissent. But of course, I wasn't allowed to explain that.
1: Right. So you were told at, at, at a certain point that, you know, you're not allowed back on property. They're, they're kind of blocking you and banning you from the building. And eventually you were let go. So the the question I have is is you know from this point where are you going? I saw an announcement regarding some kind of a lawsuit, so I thought I'd give you that opportunity to kind of break that here.
2: Well, thank you. Yes, my lawyer, an excellent, an excellent uh, young man, has filed a lawsuit on my behalf, and the lawsuit is actually about free speech the principle of free speech in which people who speak and are employed by government uh, entities should be free from retaliation so the school the school district mm-hmm. i spoke very simple basic facts and then was retaliated against immediately uh, by the school district and so this is really about defending the principle of free speech not Not just for myself, actually, but for any parent, any teacher, any administrator, anybody who works for a government entity speaks out in a public forum and then is retaliated against.
1: What do you hope to receive out of this lawsuit? We're talking with Ray Shelton, a California teacher, 25 year uh, veteran teacher, award winning, uh, who had the gall to speak out against transgender policies at his elementary school. Um, what is it out of this lawsuit, uh, that you're, you're really seeking to achieve? Cause there's, when it comes to employment related lawsuits, there's a lot of different things that people ask for. Some just ask for their job back. Some ask for payment and damages. Some ask for a change in policy. What are you after here?
2: The principle that I hope to accomplish is a legal decision, which protects the right of free speech which i should say excuse me i should say strengthens the principle of free speech that's what i'm looking for basically that's the essence of uh, what i'm after because once the once this once the principle is broken and people can be uh, silenced through fear then that's the end of our civilization basically so this is long-term this is a this is a long-term project this is a project that i hope will establish a legal precedent there are some minor precedents in other places what's different here is that generally you cannot bring a lawsuit against these sorts of entities unless you are an employee and I was an employee, so most public teachers, public school teachers, or other government employees are not going to sue their employees for financial reasons. But I've lived long enough to see the slow descent of our culture and of civilization itself that we are at a true crisis point. We really are. We really are at a true crisis point. So that's my goal.
1: Ray Shelton, 25 year veteran award winning teacher of California, filing a lawsuit against Glendale Unified School District for a whole mess of shenanigans because, again, he had the gall uh, to call out transgenderism at a school board meeting. Thank you very much for hopping on with us, sir. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: It's the Tony Kinnett cast on
1: 93 WIPC. With you. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony Kinnikast on 93 WIBC. Uh, I, I will admit, uh, occasionally, just every every once in a while, you know, like in a, once in a blue moon, whenever, you know, blue moons happen, I'm kind of petty. and It's true, I, I know. And uh, if you don't know, I once wasted uh, $20,000 with Ball State University on two master's degrees. One in education technology, one in curriculum development. And uh, I worked pretty hard on my theses, uh, that would be the plural of the thesis, I, I wasn't throwing poop at my academic advisors. And uh, I uh, worked pretty hard because of the plagiarism standards were, were so high. And, you know, I followed a lot of different rules, and I played really nice, and I did all of these different things that I thought I was supposed to do, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, ad nauseum. And uh, got my degrees, and uh, my pay marginally went up in a public school. Uh, but I have really enjoyed watching uh as colleges and universities around the country have decided in in the last couple of years that uh there would be kind of a a two system two-tier cast organization for how the rules are enforced so so two kinds of rules here first of all there are the academic rules for how students get into a university how they stay in said university and then whether or not they can do things like keep their degree after they finish their time at the university I, i kind of interesting little fun facts here, Uh, like 99% of all universities can take your degree back if you do something that is especially egregious. One of those things is plagiarism. That's using someone else's material without their knowledge, claiming that it's your own, uh, or basically misapplying the methods of citation. There's a lot of different ways that it's done. There's a lot of ways that uh, any individual uh, with a very basic college education is kind of taught to avoid. Uh, and I mean, like the nitty gritty plagiarism stuff, like the average freshman in college knows how to avoid very basic plagiarism. Well, Claudine Gay of Harvard, after she went and said a bunch of stupid anti-Semitic stuff in Congress, uh, it turns out that she's uh, plagiarized a whole lot of a whole lot of stuff. And now even Jake Tapper and CNN are confirming uh, what Chris Rufo's original report was, which is that, you know, Claudine Gay is a big fraud and has plagiarized a bunch of her work. And it's turning out that a lot of college uh, professionals around the country who champion diversity, equity, and inclusion and who get up in front of people and say, quote, my greatest accomplishment is being black and being a woman, end quote, as though having a vagina and a certain amount of uh, melanin in your skin makes you anything special, uh, just as no one really cares about my genitals or skin color whenever I do anything, at least. I sure hope they don't. Uh, You see a kind of interesting situation developing in that now the house... Of representatives uh, in the Education Committee that would be the Education and the Workforce Committee in fullness uh, is now telling Harvard uh, that they need to start coughing up information regarding the plagiarism because Harvard receives federal funding so this is why this is so delicious and delightful and hilarious all of these colleges and institutions over the last couple of decades have set up these very fancy discrimination policies and these very fancy academic policies that are meant to cater to very specific political groups and made to make colleges sound like they are these wonderful elite institutions of knowledge and wisdom. And the idea was that they would kind of gatekeep everyone out and that only certain groups would be given a voice or be given kind of social capital to make decisions. This manifested in two ways. Number one, it manifested in diversity hires. You have a lot of people who have no business being in a university administration position who have university admin jobs. And shocker, they do their job poorly. For example, Azure Swinford from Butler University uh, does her job exceedingly poorly. In a case with uh, Butler University College Republicans, she launched an investigation into them and via the emails that we received, decided they were guilty before she even began an investigation. Uh, So she's a fraud. She never should have had that job in the first place. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, she used to work at IPS where she was a really bad at her job title IX coordinator over there. And that brings up the second kind of problem universities have dug for themselves. That would be title coordination and non-discrimination policy. So universities everywhere that took federal funding decided that they would link non-discrimination policies and a lot of their academic policies, a.k.a. if you're going to be a student, here are things that you can and cannot do with federal non-discrimination policy. Title VI, uh, which would be the civil rights policies saying that you can't discriminate uh, using federal dollars based on race. So my tax dollars can't pay for you to be a racist. Uh, Title IX is the same thing, but for gender. Uh, So I cannot pay for you to be a sexist. That's kind of the idea. Well, all of these universities, including places like Harvard and Butler, though they be private universities in name, indeed, they take a lot of federal dollars. And they take federal dollars in, in Pell Grants. They take federal dollars in funding of their title programs, which universities like Butler funnel into their diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. And here's the best part. Oh, I forgot one. Like the IU uh, Kinsey Sex Institute and all of the really creepy crap that they did over there for decades and decades. Well, now that uh, Democrats had kind of wielded the bat for a long time and went after uh, like Christian colleges for not wanting to teach LGBTQ things and going after private universities that took the Pell Grant and had title offices for uh, not wanting to teach DEI, now Republicans have kind of caught on And yes, this is indeed another case of backfire. And uh, now you have House Republicans and also state legislatures around the country that are starting to bring the state and federal funding of certain universities into question because it turns out that when universities hold arbitrary standards and do not apply them to anyone and everyone equally, like let's say you're a university that's letting in uh, black students and Hispanic students, but not white students, Jewish students, and Asian students like the Ivy League schools, or let's say that you're a university in Indianapolis and you're investigating some groups uh, while not investigating other groups and not abiding by the non-discrimination policy that you set in your own student manuals, seems there might be consequences for that because the the great sanctity that universities used to have that you didn't touch them the great sanctity that you left the universities alone and they did what they were supposed to do and the federal funding was more of an investment and in goodwill yeah that's gone and it's gone because democrats spent the last decade prosecuting christian universities and other private entities for the the great crime of of holding things like traditionally christian values And they said, well, you can't, you know, teaching Christian values at a Christian college, that's discriminatory and exclusionary. So you need to have a Title IX office and a Title VI office. You need to have all these coordinators and all of this diversity, equity, and inclusion like the U.S. Department of Education has been pushing. Well, it turns out that the Pied Piper is coming home to roost, and those spilled chickens cannot be counted before they're hatched. For other mixed metaphors, uh, of course, you can stick around for the show. The point is, when you make stupid decisions you get stupid consequences and when democrats decided they were going to go nuclear in about 2013 and they decided that in obama's second term now was the time to just pull out all the stops all of the precedent and prosecute republicans they were counting on republicans always being the nice shucksie doodle local city councilman republican and uh that's not really what a lot of republicans are anymore And so there will be some more information that I will enjoy sharing with you tomorrow here on the live stream and also uh, throughout other networks uh, in which there are uh, perhaps additional problems. Because when the House holds majority on the education committee, it can bring people in to check as to whether they're actually upholding the law or not. And if you're not upholding the law, you can say goodbye to all of that federal funding. And boy, if there is one thing that colleges drink up, it is federal funding. Up next, we're going to be talking a little bit about Christmas cover albums. It is the season. And yes, some Christmas cover albums are better than others. You are listening to the Tony Kinnecast on 93 WIBC.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
2: on 93
1: WYBC. Good evening and welcome back to the Tony cast on 93 W.I.B.C. Um, you know, I, there, there's something about Christmas. There, there's just something about the, the magic in the air uh, when it comes to hearing the same Christmas song over and over again. And There are a lot of great Christmas songs. It seems like every couple of years we, we try... Uh, We try like reinventing the wheel as far as as Christmas songs are concerned. Allison, do you ever feel that way? You feel like like we just keep reinventing the wheel. Yeah, I do feel like that, especially and also with movies. Just a side tangent. Yeah. Oh, oh, the the holiday Christmas movies. We'll talk about that later this week. That is another ball of wax. We will hit that for sure. Um, Hit that like grandma with a reindeer. But as far as the music is concerned, I'm not really interested in, like, I don't hear a whole lot of new Christmas songs that are ever really any good. Um, and Look, I, so I stick to cover artists. Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you, do you have, like, a, a Christmas cover band that's your favorite? I mean, Michael Buble can do, do no wrong. Mike, Yeah, Michael is fantastic, obviously. Uh, Santa Buddy is, is just a, a stellar one. Um, oh, Holy Night of his is, is also good. And uh, I like Michael Buble as well because you can always count on some good swing in there. Uh, I got to tell you, though, being a Hoosier, my wife loves Pentatonics. She thinks that their Christmas stuff is just amazing. Uh, but I got to tell you, when it comes to Christmas cover bands, for me, it's it's straight no chaser. The, the, the Indiana acapella group that ended up going national, they're known for their Christmas music. They've done concerts everywhere and then some. And uh, I have a, a particular soft spot for them because everything that they do is done so well. So if you haven't heard straight no chaser before... Uh, here's a little taste of how they do Christmas music, perhaps a little bit differently.
2: Hang all the mistletoe, I'm
0: gonna get to know you better. This Christmas, Christmas. and as we trim the tree, how much fun is gonna be together? This Christmas, the firesides blazing bright, we're caroling through
2: the night, and this Christmas will be a very special Christmas
0: for me.
1: that is so much better to me than those nerds on glee and i'm sorry but that's that's better than that's better than Pentatonix. uh and i the reason i like it is just cuz it's done so well i think that's even better than the original this christmas uh i, I there's just something about and, and and again they don't just do a kind of the newer christmas songs they even make songs like jingle bells tolerable here's a little bit of what straight no chaser sounds like singing uh, the third verse of jingle bells jingle bells jingle bells jingle, 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 jingle bells jingle bells jingle, jingle, jingle bells
0: A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride, and soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lame. Misfortune
1: seemed in We got into a trip then we got upset jingle bells jingle bells it's just it's so good it is uh, and and if you're out there and you, you know maybe you, you don't like that kind of stuff maybe you need like a ton of instrumentation maybe you're one of those people that you're only ever going to hear rocking around the christmas tree uh, the same way that it's always been sung, which, uh, to point out what's been going around the internet, Allison, did you know that the girl who sang Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, um, she, she was 13 in that recording?
2: I found out that
1: this week, and my mind is blown. I know, because she sounds like a 35-year-old woman who smokes, um, yeah. and instead she's a 13-year-old who probably smokes. Smoked. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, I mean, yeah, Brenda Lee was was fantastic. But I, And look, you can't beat the classics. There are some songs, and, and also modern classics as well. Uh, I'm sorry, but Last Christmas by Wham, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Those are always going to be theirs. Uh, but if there's one thing that Straight No Chaser have made for themselves, it's a song called Indiana Christmas, which I will actually play uh, in the last episode before we go to our Christmas break. That's one of my favorite songs ever, not just because I'm a huge fan of Indiana and I love the state dearly especially when I'm in some other festering hellhole of a state or commonwealth but because that's just its own category of song. Straight Note Chasers' claim to fame rests in their song 12 Days of Christmas. Allison have you ever heard their rendition of 12 Days for Christmas? I er, have Christmas? yes. You have? It, it, it's it's a really good song that I feel I, I stumbled into it the first time I ever heard it um, I, I, was, I like rolled my eyes when it came on the radio because yeah, you know, the 12 Days of Christmas just grates on your soul. And the theme of their 12 Days of Christmas is, is a Christmas medley in which um, they kind of incorporate a lot of other Christmas stuff and, and get things, uh, just kind of turn them on their head, give you something else to listen to during the song. But the unequivocal best part, what Straight No Chaser is known for, is when they take the 12th day of Christmas and turn it into something truly, um, just truly magical.
0: On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me On the twelfth day, my true love gave to me Twelve drummers drumming like Olympus above the surrogate Eleven poppers piping Eight of milking, they were milking just for me I had Christmas down in Africa I had Christmas down in Africa
2: a big tree partridge in
1: a big tree i i love that ah mm, the the just fantastic stuff and you know obviously acapella groups aren't for everyone but when it comes to christmas cover bands uh, if you're not mixing straight no chaser into the mix you're missing out uh just a, a stellar group again indiana uh grown and um there's just something about uh hearing partridge in a big pear tree to turn the last uh, verse of 12 days of christmas into <laughs> africa by toto is um well it's not something that you knew you needed but you need it in your life uh that about wraps up all of the immigration backfire and all other kinds of goofiness that we can muster here on the show this evening uh, my goodness, if they don't get that border under control, I am going to have to start doing the broadcast in multiple languages, which, you know, I can. I just really don't want to. You have been listening to 93WIBC. Thanks for sticking around. We'll see you pretty soon. This has been the Tony Kinnicast. Good evening.